Section forty two, volume three, chapter six of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter six. Her griefs, her joys alike, in vain would memory here recall. Her throbs of ecstasy or pain lulled in oblivion all with her methinks life's little hour passed like the fragrance of a flower that leaves upon the vernal wind sweetness we ne'er again may find james montgomery the following day was a busy day at holywell the doncaster physician so highly esteemed by mrs armytage having been hastily summoned was at the house soon after daybreak and after hearing a decided opinion that no time must be lost in sophia's removal to the south her mother issued orders for instant preparations for their departure on the following morning they were to start for clifton my dear mother whispered sophia as soon as they were alone together all this is useless now let me stay quietly at holywell let me die at home the journey is a needless disturbance i wish to remain near dr grant i wish you wish to break my heart cried mrs armytage giving way to an unusual burst of emotion you would deny me even the poor comfort of doing my utmost for your restoration to health a few weeks in the mild climate of bristol and your recovery is certain would you refuse me the trial of a few weeks and how could sophia refuse a few weeks a few weeks to the mother who had given her life a few weeks when she knew that her very days were numbered let us at least remain at holywell she still remonstrated till arthur and marian are apprised of our intentions i should like to see them once more before she could not conclude her sentence but no a delay of four days was indispensable to secure the interview the weather was already chilly the days short and the necessity for immediate change of air most urgent mrs armytage decided that they must quit holywell on the morrow and on the morrow they went sophia would willingly have paid one last visit to the village have entered for the last time and with reverential step the portals of holywell church have thrown herself once more into the arms of her dear laura her childhood's friend have uttered a parting word to her good old nurse a parting blessing to her spiritual teacher but mrs armytage decided that all this was not to be and dr grant kindly coinciding in her desire would not even permit his girls to show themselves at the vicarage window as the carriage passed its gates lest the excitement should prove injurious to his young friend he indeed watched it unseen unseen observed the wistful glance cast by sophia towards the eastern window of the church where glimmered the marble monuments of the family of maudsley where lay the grave of her father but he heard also the blessings poured upon her name as he slowly followed the progress of the carriage through the village he heard the prayers of the poor for her recovery 
he saw both old and young turning within their doors to weep that they had looked perhaps for the last time on the pale face of their benefactress and he saw that all was well that the servant of the lord might depart in peace that her burthen had been nobly borne it was not till a week afterwards that by a letter dated from worcester arthur was apprised of his mother's movements dr grant satisfied that mrs armytage must have communicated all to her son was too much absorbed by his own feelings to find leisure for writing an unnecessary letter and lady laura although she suspected the real state of the case having been officiously acquainted by mrs wemmersley that she was an object of jealous suspicion to arthur's wife resisted the kindly impulses of her nature but even his mother's letter excited no particular alarm it merely informed him that she was advised to pass the winter at clifton that sophia had borne the journey well and was already improving in health and that as he must be in town the following month for a meeting of parliament she concluded marian would either remain with her family at scarborough or accompany them to london mrs armytage's conclusions were always conclusive arthur saw at once therefore that it was not intended either himself or his wife should pass the winter at holywell although as it was expected that parliament would be almost immediately prorogued nothing would have better suited his inclinations than to leave his wife in the country during his short absence and return to pass a cheerful neighbourly sporting winter at home the home that was in fact his own unapprised of the sinister opinions recently given by her medical advisers of the state of sophia's health and receiving no letter from his sister he felt secretly convinced that mrs armytage had suddenly quitted the country only to avoid hearing or seeing more of the robseys whom she might fancy were likely to be delayed in yorkshire by the civilities of the gretas or the hospitality of spalding castle under such circumstances he felt that sophia would be too tender of marian's feelings to write lest the truth should become apparent what else but such self-deception arising from the unjustifiable reserve of his mother would have prevented the kind affectionate arthur from flying to the solace of his dying sister protecting her on her melancholy journey soothing her desolate hours comforting her occasional despondency from being all in all in short to one who was falling a victim to wounded affections to neglect to desertion but deceived as he was arthur continued to ride to laugh to chat to dance to sing while the companion of his earliest love was resigning herself to that gradual progress of hectic decay which seems as though the icy fingers of death were daily stealing higher and higher upon the shrinking bosom till their fatal seal is affixed upon the quivering lips and the breath of life becomes extinct beneath their touch marian indeed would often sigh for news of the invalid often write and often wonder that the letters remained unanswered 
she loved to describe to her aunt the angelic mildness of sophia's character the consolation she had derived from her warm affection in the chilling atmosphere of holywell the expectations she feared she must now renounce of finding a friend a steadfast estimable exemplary friend in the sister of her husband and in detailing to her aunt the symptoms of miss armytage and the rapid manner in which her disorder had developed itself she would inquire very earnestly whether mrs robsey discerned any tokens of the family infirmity in little harriet or whether she thought dear arthur likely to prove consumptive but the good lady reassured her at once she saw neither pulmonary ailment in marianne's darlings nor suspected a distemper of the mind in the sufferings of sophia my dear the case is plain enough said she the poor girl has been moped to death no london no brighton no bath like other young persons of her age nothing but that overbearing despot of a woman for a companion nothing to cheer her nothing to amuse her i am sure i can't imagine what pleasure the poor soul ever found in life but if sophia had pleased to marry lord greta who has been so long attached to her then she might have had london and court and jewels and all the things you say women are so fond of yet you see she preferred holywell well there's no accounting for tastes was mrs robsey's reply for i must say i never saw a more agreeable sensible young man than lord greta and though lord botherham rotherham what's his name is not perhaps so fine a gentleman as some noblemen we could name he seems a most worthy person to say nothing of the grandeur of greta castle and all the rest of it there is something unaccountable in the business i do think the armitages are all a little odd and as to mrs armitage the grand seigneur is a nobody to her she is certainly very disagreeable sighed marian but she has great qualities great give me good ones retorted her aunt what business has a woman with great qualities unless you could make a lord chancellor an archbishop of canterbury or a commander-in-chief of mrs armytage i don't see any use that her qualities could be put to after all billy pitt himself if he had been born for petticoats would have made nothing but a domineering interfering woman of business marian was spared the trouble of defending her sex or her mother-in-law a more agreeable occupation awaited her the good aunt and uncle had contrived a charming surprise for her and her hopes long deferred of being once more clasped in the arms of her mother were happily accomplished mrs baltimore too tender of her child to be over tender of herself had found the york mail a sufficiently noble mode of conveyance to remit her to marian and with one of jack's young uns on her knee a little curly-pated ruffian of five years old had made her way to join her husband at tom warley's and from tom warley's the happy pair had now progressed to scarborough such was jack's mode of disposing of the first fruits of his winnings on the st ledger who now so happy as mrs arthur armytage her father and mother gratified by the certainty that 
if an uneasy daughter-in-law she was the happiest of wives and mothers rich in troops of friends rich in admiring neighbours rich in the prospect of holywell park and the possession of a noble set of diamonds rich above all in her own old former day affectionate baker street heart and the certainty that little harriet's first teeth were within a few days of their appearance marian saw no tawdriness in her mother's taste no weakness in her overindulgence of little jack no coarseness no vulgarity in the wit of jack the elder who it was plain would never become the old he assured mrs dyke the yorkshire air had made her so fat that she was looking like a melon on a milestone and mrs dyke took the personal joke with so good-humoured a laugh that marian saw no offence in it he quizzed the little robsyling into a belief that arthur had undertaken to bring into parliament a bill for a railroad between colchester and billingsgate for the exclusive conveyance of natives and marian sat by unremonstrating her child on her knee her little brother climbing on the back of her chair kind friends kind loving unfastidious friends around her and from the windows a majestic prospect of the bay of scarborough what more could she possibly desire it was in the midst of these domestic pleasures that there arrived a letter from dr grant overclouding in a moment the sunshine of her happiness i have to entreat wrote the good pastor to arthur armitage that you will instantly set off for holywell in order to accompany me to clifton miss armytage is much worse a fatal change has taken place and even with the best speed you can use i fear we must be still too late i leave it to you and my friend mrs arthur whether under such painful circumstances it were not better that your wife should be spared the pain of witnessing sufferings which she cannot alleviate more particularly as your mother writes to beg we will use the utmost dispatch certainly certainly i should only retard your movements lose not an hour dearest arthur cried marian her cheeks bathed with tears much as i desire to see her again i would not for worlds hazard the vexation to all parties of being an unwelcome visitor to mrs armytage at such a moment i perfectly understand dr grant he is all kindness all wisdom go dearest and help him to comfort her or those who are left to mourn her and her husband hesitated not to obey within half an hour of the receipt of the letter he was off and marian was left to her tears a fatal change and she had not been there to return to sophie the thousand kind and womanly attentions she had received from her in her own hour of thrall she had not been there to support the fainting head to wipe away the tear of anguish sophia was alone with that haughty-minded mother so unconversant with the woes of humanity so unsympathising with the frailties of a feeble nature she hoped she believed she was sure that the sufferer wished for her yet dared not intrude her company upon the mother of her dying sister on reaching holywell 
arthur received further intelligence from dr grant calculated to obliterate every gleam of hope remaining overexerted by the fatigues of her journey sophia had ruptured a blood vessel and now appeared in the last stage of debility even mrs armytage so long and obstinately blind to her danger despaired again and again in the course of their progress from holywell to clifton their hurried hopeless journey arthur armytage descanted to his friend on the afflicting probability that sophia's life might have been preserved by timely removal to the south of france and on the singularity that the child of parents so robust should fall a sacrifice to what the french have aptly named a maladie de langueur but dr grant however absorbed by interest for the dying forbore to endanger the safety of the living true to his trust he said not a word of rainsford's unworthiness of sophia's brokenness of heart only once when arthur involuntarily clasping his hands exclaimed poor girl poor precious sister to die at twenty-one without having experienced one day of perfect happiness oh dr grant my mother i fear has proved a bitter taskmistress to poor sophia the good pastor could not but reply mrs armytage may have been at times a harsh parent but all blame rests not with her my dear arthur the fate of this suffering angel affords a fearful lesson to us to us the fathers of daughters but arthur's senses were deadened by grief and the unadvised allusion startled him not it was evening when they arrived at clifton how i hate the very name of this place cried arthur as they entered the town for how many of the young the good and the beautiful has its death-bell tolled i have always dreaded the name of clifton but as they approached the house arthur would have found it difficult to give utterance even to this adjuration nor could dr grant exhort him as he wished he had only courage to breathe forth his hopes in prayer in prayer that the loved one might be yet alive they stopped at the door there were lights in the house not the fearful dim steadfast light proclaiming the watchers over the dead but lights glaring from room to room there was movement there was hope within those walls with hasty yet careful footsteps they entered the chamber to which by the desire of mrs armytage they were instantly conducted when a single glance at the already almost beatified countenance of the expiring sophia convinced them that the hope still remaining was at least not for this world forbidden by her medical attendants to converse no power could repress the speaking expression of her face on beholding those she loved her beaming eye her happy smile proclaiming more intelligibly than words now all is well now i can die in peace now the one dark step is lightened for my trembling feet i am satisfied arthur spoke not he contented himself with lifting from the coverlid her pale waxen hand and covering it with tears and kisses but dr grant 
approached nearer to the pillow and whispered such words of joy and comfort as those only who are accustomed to address the dying are skilled to use though sophia was speechless he knew from long experience by what yearnings what misgivings the parting soul is perplexed he knew what thorns to remove what rough places to make plain and by the expression of mingled humility and confidence of perfect faith of perfect trust illumining the face of the dying saw that he was heard and understood drawing her brother gently towards her she imprinted a single kiss upon the forehead of the hand-in-hand -hand companion of her youth murmured a blessing on his child took from her finger a ring she was in the habit of wearing and while placing it on his own faltered the name of his wife and instructed him where to find a letter for marian to be delivered when all was over the nurse interposing reminded her of the interdiction of her physician i shall only transgress once more she faintly murmured let my last words be of gratitude to my mother they looked round but mrs armytage had disappeared they had forgotten her no one had missed her alas it is only such a mother who even for a moment could pass unnoticed from the bed of a dying child end of volume three chapter six